The Jog Pod is back. The Jog Pod's back. That's right. It's just another White Guys podcast once again, and I am Dustin Jones. Happy to have you along for the ride one more time. Thank you guys for subscribing, following along, participating in the show. I greatly appreciate it. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have two guests on uh, with uh, two completely different topics. Uh, The first guest is going to be a friend of the program, Rod Stark. He is going to join me to talk about the all-in wrestling pay-per-view that happened over the weekend, the biggest independent wrestling show on God's green earth. It was a fantastic show. We talk about uh, all the matches and everything that went down around all-in weekend and uh, how we felt about it and what we think uh, is going to be happening with those guys moving forward. So if you like wrestling talk, you are going to love that first 45 minutes. If you don't, I don't mind. Go ahead and fast forward. Not going to hurt my feelings. You've already downloaded it. So, I mean, basically, in the in terms of podcasting, like, I got your money already. So as long as you already clicked and listened, that's totally fine. So the first 45 minutes or so is uh, going to be talk about uh, All In Wrestling. And um, then after that, Nikki, uh, my lovely and talented wife, if you didn't know that already, uh, joins the program. And we talk about um, a, a pretty serious subject and something that uh, I've been dealing with uh, myself right now. And that's uh, depression and anxiety issues. And uh, we have a conversation about that um, I've been having I've been having a tough week and I didn't really want to record a podcast and instead of letting that uh, win me over I decided that I would record a podcast about how I was feeling. So that's uh, the second half of the podcast. We have a good discussion. Uh, I feel about that. I hope uh, you learn something or learn a little bit more about me or maybe it speaks to you and and is able to help you out or or gives you uh, some insight on maybe to help someone you know that's going through something. But it's very important that uh, we continue to talk about mental health in uh, our country and our society and remove those stigmatisms, the, sti- the stigma, not a stigmatism. That's the thing you have with your eye. I'm not a doctor. I know doctors, but I'm definitely not one of them. We need to remove the stigma um, from depression and, and mental health disorders. So um, that's that's the second half of the program. We do close it out with some chuckles. It's not all sad and, and boo-hoo, um, but I think it's an important discussion, and, and I really want to use this podcast as a forum uh, to talk about things that are going on in my world, and uh, that was what was happening this week. So without further ado, we're going to get the podcast rolling. Please remember that uh, you can subscribe to the podcast now on iTunes. Just go into the uh, iTunes store, search JogPod. You can just uh, click on the little subscribe button. And uh, it'll be delivered to you automatically. We're still on Podbean, still on Stitcher. You can follow me on Twitter at Dustin P. Jones and follow the podcast at JogPod. Without further ado, here is Royal Blood.
if we're going to talk about the greatest independent wrestling show of all time and we're going to go all in on this pay-per-view, I could really only have one guy on the show to, to talk about it. And that's the man who I've sat front row with at more wrestling shows than anyone I know. And that's the man, the myth, the legend himself, the host of his own podcast, The Stark Contrast, the man, Rod Stark. What's up, buddy? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm back. You're so back. You're the uh, first return guest of season three, so congratulations on that. We'll give you a, yeah. Woo! I appreciate that distinction. You know, because I'm not, I'm not going to say that as a, as a quote from one of my favorite uh, TV shows of all time, um, you are not the first choice, but you are the last and correct choice. So welcome back. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, sir. You're, you're, uh, speaking of that, so that's a quote from the West Wing. Now, when you were down here for my birthday, uh, you, we started you on the West Wing. Have you gone back to it at all? I have. I'm uh, only a few more episodes in, but I'm, I'm working my way through. I've got so much TV. It's, it's crazy to try to keep up. There is so, yeah, I'm working my way through. There is so much content to get through, but uh, how are you feeling? About, are, you, are you enjoying it a little bit? Obviously, if, you're only get, if you've only gotten through a few more episodes, it, it seemingly hasn't hooked you just yet. No, I, I'm, I'm definitely into it. I'm just trying to actually. I'm trying to check everything off that I've got close to being done with. Gotcha. So then I can actually immerse myself and work. I, I'm one of those uh, binge watchers that just like to go straight through it. So I've, I've kind of been trying to cross some of the other stuff that's almost done off. So then I can completely focus on what is the greatness of west wing that's okay good all right well as long as as long as i i feel that uh, you're committed to to getting it done i i can respect that so but uh that's not what you're here to talk about today we'll uh we'll have you back on we'll definitely need to do a, a, a deeper dive into the west wing at some point but you're here today to talk about um the uh the great uh wrestling pay-per-view from this weekend uh really a movement in indie wrestling uh, and that, of course, is the all-in show that took place uh, in Chicago, Illinois, put on by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Uh, sold out a 10,000-seat arena in Chicago. Now, you and I have both been, you you more than I have been to a lot of uh, wrestling events in Chicago. Wrestling is, Chicago is a hotbed for wrestling. And they really tend to support uh, good wrestling. And so I don't really think it was a surprise that they were able to to get a lot of fans there. But to sell that building out in 30 minutes was pretty awesome. And um, were, were you surprised at all when you heard that they sold it out that quickly? I, I wasn't surprised that they sold out. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I I slept on it. I, I screwed up because I wanted to go to that show. It's not – it's like three and a half, four hours from my house. So I planned on buying tickets. And – I didn't like, I, I just screwed up. I didn't realize that it was that time of day. And then I got on my phone, che- went to check my shit on my phone and saw the message from you that it was already sold out and kind of kicked myself immediately. And then more so now that it actually happened and it was even above expectation. So yeah. And following yeah. along. And so basically they, they had this plan. They were going to run this show and you know, th- some people thought that you know it would sell a bunch of tickets and maybe eventually sell out and that sort of stuff. Um, 
but it it sold out in 30 minutes and then the whole thing kind of took on a, li- a life of its own and they built a a whole weekend around it almost like a uh, like a wrestling woodstock for this generation um they built a convention around it with all kinds of events i don't know if you've paid attention at all to all of the events that they have going on this weekend but it was pretty crazy the amount of stuff they had yeah from what i heard too they they actually moved more merch and stuff than uh, a lot of these indie companies do on a wrestlemania weekend so not only were there a lot of events but there are a lot of people shelling out some cash and that's the thing that's that's interesting about uh wrestling fans these days is while there are probably less people that watch wrestling than ever before, there's more people willing to spend more money than ever before. And it's, it, you know, it, it just goes to show that if you can cultivate a passionate fan base that's willing to spend money on your product, that you can, you can do pretty well with it. And I think that, that, that the, uh, the young bucks and Cody have, have shown that, uh, that they can make that happen now will that translate into further success for you know other shows they didn't announce a second show um it seems like something's probably going to happen at some point but you know it the show itself i think came off as as a real big success yeah for sure but um i i think they had the vision and the the drive to make it succeed but i think it even went above what they expected yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think it I, I think it certainly did, especially the overall experience. And then you know, for being guys that are first time in terms of putting on a show and putting it all together, not only to to put on a live wrestling show, but also to put together uh, a pay per view broadcast and hit time cues and all that sort of stuff, which we'll we'll get into in a little bit. Because while they did get the show off the air just in the nick of time, um, there were there were some foul ups in terms of of what happened in. in in terms of uh, time management on the show, so let's let's jump into the show real quick. Now, an, an even bigger story than than some may realize is the fact that they got their pre-show on broadcast television, WGN America, which is a really big channel. You know, it gets I think something like seventy-seven million homes. Um, so they got the first hour of their show. Uh, it was called All In Zero Hour on that show, on that channel. And it was crazy because not only did they get that show on, but they also had some of their commercial spots. So on WGN America, they have a uh, Pro Wrestling Tees commercial. And was voiced by Cole Cabana. And it was a Joey Ryan commercial who is, you know, a heat magnet. Are Are you in on Joey Ryan or not? I, I go back and forth on him. Um, I'm usually not a comedy guy when it comes to wrestling, but his is just so spot on that he's, he's definitely been winning me over. And uh, Joey Ryan makes makes an appearance a little bit later in the show, but they kicked off the show with a uh, with a tag team match uh, for uh, it was actually a non-title match. Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky defeated the ROH Tag Team Champions, the Briscoe Brothers. Uh, Scorpio Sky uh, came out dressed as Apollo Creed, and Frankie Kazarian came out dressed as uh, Rocky from Rocky Three. Uh, there's some great YouTube videos. These guys doing training montages uh, 
and in the in the spirit of the Rocky movie. So some really great stuff. Now you didn't actually get a chance to see Z- Zero Hour. Um, you know this was pretty much a basic tag team match. Crowd was super heated. Um, you know to get things going. For those of you that are into wrestling but you don't watch Being the Elite on YouTube, which is the Young Buck show, that that show is actually generating real stars because Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian were huge uh, on this show. And, and that's – I didn't really know anything about Scorpio Sky until they started showing up as SCU on, uh, on that show. So they had uh, a good match, about 15 minutes. Uh, they hit the uh, – the Briscoes went for the doomsday device and Kazarian caught, uh, Mark Briscoe, uh, as he was coming off to hit the, uh, the clothesline and flipped him for a power slam in the pin, uh, to, to win that match. They also did an over the budget battle Royal, which was pretty cool. Um, and now how much of being the elite have you watched? Did you, did, have you seen any of the episodes? Um, I, I started getting into it after you, um, showed me the newest episode while I was down in Houston, but I, I definitely didn't make it through the whole catalog because there's a bunch of it. Yeah, there's uh, like 140 some episodes. But basically, over the last few months, um, there's been a a uh, continuing storyline of a gentleman by the name of Flip Gordon trying to get booked onto All In and and Cody not allowing that to happen. Um, just gave him a few chances. He always come up a little bit short. Uh, at the end of the day, Flip Gordon wins the over the budget battle Royal. He actually wasn't booked in the battle Royal, but was under the, uh, was under a mask as El Luchador, uh, was taken out right at the beginning, put through a table by Bully Ray with a power bomb laid on the floor for pretty much the entire, entire battle Royal, but snuck in at the end. Uh, and was able to to get the victory, which in turn gave him an opportunity to fight for the ROH title a little bit later in the show. But some pretty great, uh, some pretty cool names in the uh, over the budget battle royal: Hurricane Helms, Blast from the Past, uh, Billy Gunn, Colt Cabana, Brian Cage, Tommy Dreamer, Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, just to name a few. It was a fun battle royal. Um, a lot of times battle royals are pretty, pretty lame, but I would say overall, this was, was pretty fun. So if you get a chance, you might want to go back and see that. Then the, uh, the main pay-per-view show kicked off. Now you watched after the fact, right? Yeah. Yep. I I watched after it was all said and done. So I was trying to watch live and I have an honor club VIP subscription, which means as part of that, I was able to watch all in as part of that part of that package. I was just supposed to be able to click on and watch. Knowing what I know about Ring of Honor, I never should have thought that that was a good idea because Ring of Honor's Honor Club live pay-per-view streaming, uh, just no matter what, they just can't ever seem to figure it out. And this night was no different. I was having trouble getting it to connect. Couldn't get it to stream from my phone uh, on my Chromecast to my TV. Uh, did come in and, and was watching it on the computer for a while. So that was a little bit frustrating. I missed uh, bits and pieces of the first few matches. Um, but I have gone back and, and watched them in their entirety. But it kicked off with Matt Cross and uh, a gentleman, uh, MJF. Uh, Matt Cross, guy that uh, I think we're both familiar with from, from indie shows. Uh, MJF is a guy I was not familiar with, but he looked really good in this uh, in this match. 
Yeah, from what they were saying too, he's he's pretty green, uh, especially in comparison to Matt Cross. But uh, yeah, he he was a solid heel. I liked his gimmick. I enjoyed uh, his style of wrestling. I thought they made a good choice by having them be the opener to the actual pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Cross hits the uh, shooting star press for the victory in that uh, pay-per-view opener. And then a face that uh, old-school WWF fans, those of us that watched uh, Coliseum Home videotapes, um, will remember fondly. Uh, Sean Mooney uh, is in the back to uh, do an interview with NWA World's Champion Nick Aldis. Uh, Aldis cuts a promo uh, talking about his promise to retain the uh, NWA title uh, a little bit later in the uh, in the show. And then uh, we get our second match, Christopher Daniels of the Fallen Angel taking on star of Arrow, Stephen Amell. Now, Stephen Amell is a friend of uh, the Bullet Club and has had a couple of matches before. Uh, but this was his first uh, chance at a singles uh, match on this really big show. What did you think of uh, Stephen Amell here in this spot? Well, given his lack of experience, it, he didn't do a bad job, but it was definitely an underwhelming match. Um, I think he definitely had to give it to Christopher Daniels for carrying him, but I don't think he was, he was ready for a singles match on the all-in show. Um, in my personal opinion, I, it wasn't terrible, but it didn't, it didn't feel like it fit. It felt like it really, it felt like the CM Punk matches in UFC. Like you, you wanted to to root for him, but he just didn't belong on that show. It just wasn't, that that's how I felt about Stephen, and I I've I've actually met Stephen Amell uh, at uh, Comic Con. He's a great guy. I love that how passionate he is about pro wrestling. I think that if he does continue like it sounds he like he wants to, he has the ability to be a good wrestler. It's just not there yet, and it showed on the card. Uh, being on the card with actual like I think he can fit into a WWE show, and that's a little bit, you know, uh, less intense style. People don't expect as much. So that would, that would have been more acceptable there than it was on all in. Or if he would have had a tag team partner, he, that could have saved it a little bit too. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't feel it for uh, Stephen Amell. I think all things considered, it was a good match. You could definitely tell that, uh, that he was green, uh, especially when it came to like selling, uh, and that sort of stuff. He he was able to do moves, and, and some of it looks good. Um, some of it is just, you know, you can definitely tell it was a lack of experience. But for a guy having his first singles match uh, in such a big stage, uh, I thought, you know, it was fine. Um, Chris, Christopher Daniels is one of the best wrestlers uh, in the business. Guy's got 25 years of experience. And if, if you're going to put someone, if you're going to put him out there with anyone, uh, Christopher Daniels was, was one that could carry him to a good match. He, he did some really fun moves, um, including a van terminator, uh, all the way across the ring for a drop kick, uh, and a near fall. But, uh, Christopher Daniels hits a, the best moonsault ever, uh, and picks up the victory. Um, also, on being the elite, uh, Christopher Daniels, the last couple of weeks, cut some of the best promos you'll ever see. So, um, really got uh, got into that that match. Um, so that was fun to see. It was a nice attraction for the fans and something a little bit different, which is a hallmark of of All In. This show is really about giving a little bit of something to everyone. You can look up and down this card, and 
when a lot of times when you watch a WWE show, it's you know you're just getting a WWE show. It's going to be pretty much all the same, even if the story is a little bit different. Everyone pretty much wrestles the same, but that definitely not the case for all in. So we move to match three, uh, four-way uh, women's match. We have uh, Tessa Blanchard, Madison Rain, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, and Chelsea Green. Um, really fun four-way match with uh, with the women letting it all hang out and having a having a really good time. What uh, apparently someone in the background not uh, appreciating women's wrestling with their horn going off. Yeah, uh, crazy ass neighbors. Excuse um, me, uh, don't yeah, you know not... we're recording a podcast here? This is important. Exactly. But uh, what do you think of the women's match? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I was kind of surprised that uh, Tamil just was on uh, commentary instead of being in the match. I, I think she's a, a solid wrestler that could have added to it. But, no, I, I thought the match itself was stellar. They did a great job. I liked the finish. Um, I thought I thought they did a, an awesome job. It was a nice spot for it in, in the flow of the card. And, uh, yeah, women, it was a great women's wrestling match. And as uh, everyone was coming down to the ring, of course, Tessa Blanchard is a second-generation superstar. Her father, uh, Tolly Blanchard of the Four Horsemen, uh, br- brought her down to the ring as well. As uh, Magnum T.A. Uh, joined her, he was in a wheelchair. I think it was a missed opportunity. He didn't get the reaction I would have expected, but I guess they also didn't put it up on the uh, the board that that's who it was, and some people may not have recognized him. I felt that might have been a missed opportunity for them to, to get a real good reaction for, for both of those guys, but it was good to see. Um, a nod to the past with uh, Tully and, and Magnum, um, who've had one of the greatest matches of all time that's still talked about. But um, in the end, Tessa Blanchard goes over for the win. I believe uh, Tessa's uh, currently the Impact Women's Champion, so a uh, nice win for her in, in that match. And, uh, you know, as far as it's not the greatest women's match you'll ever see, but, it you know, they all had really crisp moves, and, and it told a good story. So uh, hats off to them for, for a match that uh, – that we'll remember. Now, we move on to. I'm, I was a little surprised at the placement of uh, this match in the card, as to me, this was the most important match on this show and and what I cared about the most. And that was uh, Cody uh, taking on NWA World Champion Nick Aldis uh, for the uh, for the title. Built up over months and months. Great videos, uh, docu series on on YouTube, kind of following the the trajectory of this show. And it definitely had a big fight feel. Uh, what did you think uh, when when you saw this this coming down to the ring? What 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 were your feelings on this? I loved it, top to bottom. The entrances were awesome. It was an old school feel. They they built it. Even even that uh, backstage vignette beforehand with uh, with Mooney, like you mentioned, uh, it set it up like an old school title match. I was surprised as well that they put it where they did, but. The, having the families and you know the all the background of Cody, and then the added to have the uh, his his pet dog too. I thought that was a nice touch. The the um, pop the pop that Pharaoh got when the camera pulled back and showed Pharaoh walking to the ring was was one of the bigger pops of the evening. It was uh, it was pretty impressive, and uh, Pharaoh Pharaoh did a heck of a job. I mean, that's a big crowd for a dog to walk out in front of, and uh, Pharaoh did a tremendous job. I thought. Yeah, definitely. It, it it was. I would say that was the whole entrance of that was the best entrance of the night. 
the setup of it, the old school feel. It seemed like it was taken right out of the 60s or 70s. And yeah, I think, I think and that was. Just, I think that was definitely what they were going for. Was really an old school NWA World's Heavyweight Title match. You know, in the in the vein of a Briscoes or a Flair, obviously a Dusty Rhodes, um, given given the situation, and. Overall, I thought the match was was really strong. They, you know, they did a lot of old school stuff, um, and you know the cr- the crowd was super into everything. Cody has really took a leap of faith when he left WWE, and you know wanted to prove that uh, he could be more than they were allowing to be, and and really bet on himself. and And tonight, I think, was the culmination of not tonight, but uh, All In was a culmination of of that as he was able to uh, to win the championship, and really everyone was behind him. Huge reaction when he won, and uh, it was it was a great and emotional moment and uh, something I definitely won't forget. Um, the, uh, the finish did kind of feel like it came out of nowhere, but also at the same time kind of felt perfect. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The only, my only uh, qualm about the whole match was I thought he could have did a better job with the blading. Thought he messed, kind of messed that up a little bit, but um, the spot itself was good, and I just, I just thought he the where the placement of of the blade job was a little off, but uh, it still felt great. The old school feel. I, I think if he would have got it just a little bit higher, it would have had more of a flow to it, and he could have got more in his his uh, bleach blonde hair. Right. So it would have gave it an old more of an old school feel, but no. Match top to bottom, no real complaints. I love the spot that they did with uh, Brandy, uh, where she covered him up and then caught the elbow off the top rope. Yeah, that was that was pretty uh, pretty interesting the way they did that. She jumps in uh, like she's going to sacrifice herself and and get all this to not do the elbow, and then he ends up dropping it anyway. Um, just Aldis was just getting super heat the whole match. Everyone hated him. I th- I feel like he's the only guy on the whole show that anyone actually booed. Except unless someone mentioned, you know, WWE or something like that. But as far as the people on the card, I think the the really only true heel on that whole show um, was Nick Aldis. And, and at the end, um, you know, that was it. And Cody won, and uh, he's the new champion. It'll be interesting to see um, where he takes um, the NWA uh, belt now that, uh, now that he's the champion. I know they have a big show coming up in October in Nashville. Um, it's the 70th anniversary of the NWA, so we'll see uh, what happened. But at the end, it was a huge moment. All his uh, crew came into the ring, and um, yeah, it's great for Cody. And uh, congratulations to him. From here, things uh, things take a dramatic turn as we get a Chicago Street fight with uh, Hangman Page and Joey Janela. This thing was just absolute insanity from the jump. Yeah, you, you can't ever. Uh sleep on a chicago street fight for sure uh page uh hits a perfect moonsault uh sends janela to the floor um they actually had a legitimate cracker barrel um as cracker barrel is one of the sponsors but at ringside there was an actual barrel that they used for spots um they did a uh they did a burning hammer onto uh onto a ladder bridge just i mean seriously at some points it felt like these guys were just going to kill themselves yeah, uh, just over the top. I, I definitely think uh, Hangman Page has a, just the look, the feel, the ability. Uh, 
I, I don't think it'll be too long before he gets the look from WWE, whether he ends up wanting to go there or not. But just a lot of talent for sure. So I'm not. I was not super familiar with Joey Janela or um, the lady that was with him. I think Penelope Page. Um, but man, they they set up a spot with Penelope and Hangman, and or is, is it Pe- it's Penelope Ford? Whatever. Ford, but yeah. they they set up the spot. She does two back handsprings as Page tries to tries to attack her. Then he then she ducks under. Does like a matrix bridge as uh, as Hayman swings through with a lariat, and then she hits him with a stunner, and the place goes insane. Paige rolls out of the ring, so Penelope goes to the top rope and then hits a monster crossbody on him. It was it was just absolutely insane. So um, fun match, just absolute insanity. And then of course we get. Uh, the comedy spot of the night, the thing that uh, a lot of people are talking about, thing that uh, is going to give Jim Cornette a stroke. Um, <laughs> we get uh, the lights after, after uh, Hangman Page wins, the lights go out, and a parade of inflatable penises, uh, eight of them, fills the stage, and it's the return of uh, the 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 once deceased but now resurrected uh, Joey Ryan. As uh, he has returned after Paige killed him in Japan in storyline on being the elite. Uh, came back, um, beat him up, gave him the dick flip. And then the uh, the inflatable penises uh, carried uh, Hangman out of the building as the fans chanted, rest in penis. Um, not really my uh, my cup of tea, so to speak, for uh, for a wrestling show. But... For this particular show, it's a culmination of of a series long story um, between these guys, and all of the fans there are in on the joke. So I get that there's a lot of people that think the dick flip is stupid. I am among them. I don't, but it also doesn't really bother me. I don't think it's the death of the wrestling business. Um, everyone in there is is in on the joke. Someone said something to Cornette about it on Twitter, and of course he lost his mind and said something like, um, yeah, Joey Ryan's bringing attention to the business just like Shockmaster brought uh, attention to WCW. And I took a little umbrage with that statement because Shockmaster was was something that was going to be taken seriously. The, the intention of that angle was to be set up as serious. And the reason that it's made out as a joke is because the dude fell and the helmet came off and he looked like a total idiot. So that was an angle that was supposed to be serious that turned into comedy after the fact. Whereas this is, everyone is in on this. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. I don't really care for it. But everyone in that building was in on the joke and was having fun with it. Yeah, well, and not only that, whether you like the comedy of it or not, uh, Joey Ryan's got talent. He's definitely a quality wrestler. He's got charisma. It's not my thing either. I think it's uh, kind of a misuse of Hangman Page just because he could be way more effective as a serious character. But, you know, it it was a built-up storyline, and they paid it off. Um, The the payoff was huge. Exactly. It was huge. You know, you got uh, uh, you got the two hugest uh, hugest wrestlers on the card. So, 
which, um, you know, it was what it was. It, I, I, you know, it's it's five minutes out of a four hour show. If if you're really gonna get worked up about that, then okay, fine. That's that's your choice. Just love what you love and and you know, move on with your life. After that, we got uh, ROH World Champion, the Black Machismo version of Jay Lethal, with Leaping Lanny Poffo accompanying him to ringside uh, as he took on Flip Gordon, uh, who was uh, joined by his best friend, Brandy Rhodes, as uh, they did uh, a little bit of some mega power stuff with Lethal. Lethal. Um, if you don't know, Jay Lethal is a really great wrestler, but he also has a uh, black machismo, machismo uh, personality that's kind of a play on Randy Savage, uh, and this was really good. They did a couple spots where uh, Jay Lethal thought that uh, Brandy was Miss Elizabeth, moving her around and, and stuff like that. Some some really great nods to, to some some vintage uh, mega power stuff. I really enjoyed that. What what did you think? What do you think of when you see Jay, Jay Lethal do that black machismo? See, that's the kind of comedy that I enjoy when, with my wrestling because it's a nod to nostalgia. Uh, I hadn't seen him do Black Machismo for years. I don't know if he's done it recently in the Indies, but uh, I remember it from TNA. I've, I always enjoyed him as Black Machismo. Um, I, I enjoy like, the nod to Macho, and you know he, he's just spot on with it. So he, he mixes great wrestling moves with that old school macho gimmick and it, it works for me i i thought it was a great match it balanced the comedy with the action and i thought flip did a great job they, they did it was a solid match they did a great spot uh, which was a nod to to a couple of wrestlemanias where uh randy savage hits three big elbows off the top and then uh flip gordon uh does his uh hulk up and uh, does the uh, the three punches and the point, and then gives him the boot of doom. Um, unfortunately for uh, for Flip, it did not lead to the win for him as it has for so many times, uh, for so many matches for Hulk Hogan. Uh, as uh, Lethal ends up hitting the lethal injection and and picks up the win to retain the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, after the match, uh, Lethal and Gordon shake hands, uh, but Bully Ray comes out and attacks both men. Uh, Lanny Poffo jumps in, uh, but uh, Bully Ray gives him a low blow. Uh, but Cole Cabana comes out and ends up making the save as uh, Cabana, Flip Gordon, and Jay Lethal all give Bully Ray a shield-style powerbomb through the table. Uh, so Bully Ray is vanquished in the end as uh, the three heroes uh, move on uh, after the match. And we get another super anticipated match for all us indie nerds, and that is... The man himself, Kenny Omega, uh, taking on Pentagon Jr. or Penta El Zero, um, you know, goes by a bunch of different names. I have actually not seen Penta work a ton, um, but uh, he's definitely a beloved figure, and this is a dream match uh, for a lot of people. Uh, how excited were you to to see this, and, and how much did you enjoy this match? Uh, it was definitely one of my most anticipated matches on the card. I think it was for almost everybody. The fact that uh, they they were making a dream match like that for their all-in show was pretty incredible, and that both guys wanted to uh, go against each other. They have slightly different styles, but it works great. I thought it had a, a high bar to start, and they they hit it. Yeah, they did. They did some really great stuff. 
this is this is a match that uh, I definitely want to go back and revisit um, and just just enjoy. Kenny Omega is, I mean, for me, I, I think he's probably the the best worker in the business right now in terms of uh, putting his matches together, the stories that he tells, um, and all that. I, I just I love pretty much everything that Kenny does right now. And then after Kenny picks up the uh, the victory with the one winged angel, Pentagon. Um, you know, is is laying there and the lights go out and everyone's like, Oh God, what's happening? And we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. The lights are off and the lights come back on and you don't really think anything because Pentagon is still laying there. Kenny kind of just looks and then all of a sudden Pentagon just jumps up and starts tacking Omega again. And something definitely seemed off. And I was like, wait a second. I picked it up right away because of the tattoo on the arm. Yep, same here. But the man who picks his spots in the wrestling business better than anyone in the world, turns out, dressed up as Pentagon, is the one and only Chris Jericho, attacking Kenny Omega, gives him two code breakers, place is going insane, and uh, when he takes off the mask, people just lose it, picks up the microphone and says, Kenny... I'll see you on the Jericho cruise. So dude comes in, hits his spots, and then gets to put over the fact that uh, that he's got this big cruise coming up and tries to sell some some more uh, some more rooms on this cruise. So Chris Jericho appearing on a non WWE pay per view in North America for the first time uh, since coming over to uh, to WWE so long ago. Just just a crazy crazy spot to to see. What uh, did did you lose your mind like so many of us did? Because that because you saw it after the fact, so you kind of already knew it happened, so you're expecting it coming, right? No, I I kept myself spoiler free. I stayed off of social media. I did not know. I knew there was a chance that Jericho was supposedly going to be around in the area, but then I heard he had a Fozzie show, so I wasn't expecting him on the show. But yeah, I, I I lost it. I'm a huge Jericho fan, so anything involved in Jericho, I'm, I'm a big mark for, but, uh, no, I thought they did it perfectly. Um, it, it kind of had, uh, you know, a throwback to when Dean did it to Jericho and put on a Synclopay's outfit. I thought, I thought that was a cool throwback thing. And, uh, I, it, they just executed it really well. It was a great way to have a big star on the show, but just in a quick way like that. And, um, yeah, I, I thought, after the finish of that match, I was happy with the match, and then that just set it over the top to have Jericho come out and do that. And those were some vicious code breakers. Those weren't WWE style code breakers, man. He he snapped them down good. No, no, um, he really so. he really liked Kenny having with those. And uh, like I said, Chris Chris is a Chris is an absolute genius. Um, he knows how to pick his spots, knows when to come in, knows he always makes a big impact wherever he goes. And, uh, this was great. It was funny. If you, if you followed, if you follow Chris Jericho on Instagram, he actually, uh, put up a little post afterwards. Um, he had the day before he had a Fozzie show in little rock. They flew up to Chicago. He hid in the building got dressed as Pentagon, went out and did the thing, and then immediately rushed back to the airport to get on a private jet to fly to Kansas City to play a Fozzie show that night. 
I think he ended up getting to the show at like 11.30 at night, still wearing the Pentagon makeup, went up on stage and, and had a Fozzie show. So that's a dude who uh, who loves this business and uh, is pretty incredible. But I can't uh, imagine that Vince McMahon is a huge fan of, of him appearing on that show. But I don't think he cares anymore. No, I, th- I think uh, Vince is kind of, I, w- I won't say burn the bridge because I, I think they'll still work together, but he's definitely burned the loyalty bridge where uh, Jericho came to him with a few different things that uh, I think would have been good for business on Vince's end as well. And Vince kind of just laughed it off. So, yeah, fuck him. You know, Jericho doesn't need Vince at this point either. Not that no. Vince needs Jericho, but no, um, no, I, I think I, I don't blame him at all. I would be on, you know, I'd be doing these things too. He's, you've got a shelf life and he's near in the end of, you know, his active career. So, you know, why, why hold back for WWE when WWE is not bending over for him at all? Absolutely. So this is where uh, this is where things uh, take a little bit of a turn for this show. Now the Hangman the Hangman Page match uh, went longer than it was scheduled. The uh, post match angle took a little bit longer with the Joey Ryan stuff, but uh, then we get to the semi main event. Really, the last three matches it was mostly billed as like a triple main event, but uh, the second to last match is Kazushka Okada, former IWGP champion, taking on uh, the villain Marty Skrull, who Marty Skrull is one of these guys that I've really begun to appreciate over the last year or so. We saw him uh, fight for the uh, Ring of Honor Championship in New Orleans, have a great match with Dalton Castle, considering Dalton Castle's limitations with his injuries. Comes in here, takes on Okada um, in a match that was billed as a, a junior heavyweight, taking on a heavyweight, and Marty went at him, and they had a they had a really fun match. It was a little bit long, and it went much longer than it was supposed to. They were supposed to go for about 14 or 15 minutes. They ended up going almost 30. Uh, and that had ramifications um, in the uh, the final match. But Kazuchika Okada, of course, defeats Marty Skrull. I thought they had a really great match. Okada, for my money, probably the best wrestler in the business. I think Kenny Omega is the best overall performer. But just from a straight wrestling match perspective, I think Okada, uh, probably the best. And uh, shows it here again with a with a great match with Marty Skrull. Yeah, I, I loved how uh, you know they were the way that Okada was selling for Skrull. It, there there was definitely a few of those uh, near falls that it felt like he was going to take him out. So uh, they did a great job. Yeah, I heard they ran way longer than they were supposed to, but I didn't feel like the match felt like it dragged. Uh, they, no. It just was a you know a time constraint issue, but overall, I, I thought they did great. I would have liked a little more post match, but considering that uh, they were already way over, I I can understand yeah, them not they, doing that. Uh, but, they yeah. basically had to hit hit the three and, and roll out and get it off of there. Uh, Okada hits two rainmakers and picks up the victory uh, over Marty Skrull, and then they had to rush the main event in the ring um, with uh, I think it was about nine forty five. Um, when they started doing the uh, the introductions for the the uh, final match, which is the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi taking on Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito. Um, these guys were uh, supposed to do about a 28-minute match, um, and they got to do about a 12-minute match. Rey Mysterio came out dressed as a, as Marvel's Wolverine, one of his best costumes, I think, ever. Um, 
and uh, it was really fun. I think had they had the full 30 minutes to go, um, this could have been one of the most uh, memorable matches um, that they ever had. But uh, they did the best they could with the time they had, and um, it was uh, it was something to watch. But when you give these guys 13 minutes, they can barely even get started. Yeah, I mean, it's already going to be a spot fest with uh, the Young Bucks, which that's not a knock at all. It's just, you know, they're, they're going to be hitting spot after spot after spot, and then to shorten it by over 10 minutes, um, it was going to definitely feel rushed. But what they did with what they had was incredible. They they tried to get a little bit of heat going, um, but mostly they were just kind of running around. They really almost had to start going home as soon as they got the got in the ring. Uh, Rey Mysterio hit a frog splash for a close near fall. Um, then the Young Bucks hit three super kicks in a row, um, one for each Mysterio, Bandito, and Phoenix. Then the Bucks and Ibushi hit more bang for your buck. Um, go for the near fall, doesn't quite get it. Then they hit the Meltzer driver and pick up the win on Bandito. Um, literally as soon as the three was counted, um, Ian Riccoboni, who was the broadcaster was going to the close. Uh, and he was literally saying his name and signing off when, uh, when the show went dark as, uh, they ran out of time. So, um, I, I would say overall, a really great show. The, the one thing you could say, I guess is, you know, they just kind of ran out of time there. So that certainly sucked. It would have been fun if they could have, you know, had that full, ma- full match at the end and do kind of the big celebration and, you know, kind of ended it, ended it a little bit better, but overall for a bunch of, for, for three guys that had never put on a show to, to sell out a building of 10,000 people and put it on pay-per-view. Pretty impressive. Yeah. How WCW couldn't even do it with million dollar uh, uh, staff. So the fact that, you know, they just ran it really tight. So do you think, do you think this is a, this will be a uh, turning point for the business, or do we look back in five years and go, man, you remember that night where they did that all in and it was a great show? Or is this something where we look and go, man, that was the night where things really changed? I feel like that's a hard, hard one to call right now. It depends a lot on whether they sign with WWE. I think, um, especially after the, the pay-per-view, I'd say it'd be a mistake to sign with WWE at this point. Um, and I, from I watched some of their uh, post show in in the ring interview thing, and they didn't outright say it, but it felt like at least in the moment they didn't want to sign. You know what I mean? They're going to stay where they're at. I I see a all in double down or double or nothing. Yeah. Uh, Cody mentioned that line that when he likes to bet, he likes to go double or nothing. Right. Yeah. So, there's uh, there's, a, there's like a 14 minute like full. Um, full clip of of all of the post match stuff. I I I would say it was more more than a subtle hint that they are not going to WWE at least not right now. Um, Cody had ba- Cody basically said that um, that uh, whatever happens that this group was sticking together. Um, so I don't I don't foresee them going uh, to WWE. Kenny Omega um, was one of the was the last guy to speak. And basically said that this was one of the the biggest and best nights of of his career, and uh, one of the best things he's ever been a part of, and that for him everything had changed because people had talked about what he may or may not do next. Um, and I think you know the money from WWE is always going to be there, but I think that this is a group of guys 
that wants to do things their way. And, you know, maybe when the time is right and they're ready to just go in and, and collect a paycheck every week, they'll go and do that. But these guys are putting on great shows, making their own schedule, having great matches, and having a great time. So I, I don't think that that's going to change right away. And for selfish reasons, I hope that it doesn't because I want all these guys uh, to be on the Madison Square Garden show in April when we're all there. So, um, no doubt, I think I think we'll definitely know more about that here in the uh, the coming months, um, and definitely probably after January when uh, a couple of these guys will need to be re-signed. But I think if I was putting my money on it, I would say that uh, that they all stay for now anyway. Yeah, well, my my advice, which I, I'm sure they take very close to heart, uh, is to at least stay indie for a couple more years, do another one of these, uh, see if you know it blows up like it did this time. I have a feeling it will. I think they're gonna they're gonna sell it out again just as fast, and uh, you know, stay on the indies for a couple more years. I I think especially with Cody, uh, he needs to get back in WWE before he's done. I did when he was in WWE. I never viewed him. I've told you this before. I never viewed him as a main event level talent. Now he definitely is. I think that legacy wise, you know, with being in his dad's shoes, I think he should, uh, he should definitely do at least one big run. I feel the same way with Kenny. I think he's got uh, main event potential in the WWE, but I, I don't feel that he needs to go right now to make that happen. And then the box. You know the same thing. They're they're still young, so uh, you stay on the Indies for a couple more years, and then go up to the you know the WWE, collect a paycheck. By then, maybe Vince steps down, and you know you got a you got a different guy in charge, and uh, they'll let him run a little more wild than Vince would right now. Absolutely. So I would say we're, we'll wrap this up here, but I would definitely say that if you're a wrestling fan, um, and and you don't love watching WWE, there are so much great wrestling out there. You just got to, you know, put in a little effort, uh, search out and find what you like. Um, it's easier than ever before. I mean, almost all of these companies, um, whether it be a progress or a defy or new Japan, uh, AAA, all these different organizations throughout the world, uh, make so much of their content available for you to seek out. So you don't have to just watch, um, what's on your TV. You can find um, some great stuff. And and Cody and the Bucks and Kenny, uh, through being the elite and through New Japan, they have really restored my love of, of professional wrestling. Um, and this this weekend was a real culmination of it. And uh, I, can't, I can't thank them enough for all the hard work and effort that they put into it uh, for me as a wrestling fan to being able to enjoy. And uh, I can't wait to see what they have next. So we're going to wrap it up. You got anything else uh, for the people? We got uh, What do you got coming up with Star Contrast? You going to have some episodes for the people? Yep, dropping an episode tonight. Um, getting back on track. Uh, going to make sure to start doing them once a week. I need to get it in a regular rotation so people know it's coming instead of, wait, what? You dropped another episode? So, oh. uh, And I'm going to run from the cops. Of- with those sirens, I think that's a good indication. They're going to come pick you up. Thanks a lot. We'll I'm talk out. more. We'll talk more wrestling. We'll see you around, buddy. Stay tuned. We got more jog pot coming up here in just a minute. More importantly, he knew what he was talking about. Well, you asked for it. Here it is. It's the return of the one and only Nikki Jones to the podcast. Nikki, welcome back to Jog Pod. Thank you. So happy to be here. 
you are uh You've you've become quite the podcasting nerd uh, in like the last year and a half. <laughs> I really uh, have, actually. S- Sans listening to this podcast, which hasn't really been around as much. I listen um, to this podcast. No, no, no. I'm saying you do now, but right. in the lack of jog pods left such a hole in your soul. It did that you had to seek out other podcasts. Now you've kind of found a podcast that's like your fucking religion. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it seems to actually have replaced going to church for you in some ways. Kind of a uh, little bit. You found your people. Um, what are you? You're a, what is it? You're a fucking I'm a murderino. 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 <sighs> I mean, I know I just talked about professional wrestling for 45 minutes on this podcast, <laughs> but Jesus Christ, that's fucking nerdy. <laughs> it is pretty I mean, nerdy it's, and it's awesome. There's a whole different level of weird. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean... I'm weird, but that's really weird. Yeah, whatever. Although I will say this. We've actually had some of your Murderino friends over, and uh, we've gone out with your Murderino friends, and not one of them has stunk like any professional wrestling fans that I've ever been around, so that's good. So <laughs> at least they don't smell. It's a nice it's a nice upgrade from indie pro wrestling fans that I tend to hang around with occasionally. They're all about hygiene. Hygiene right. is, is, is important to Murderinos. Shout out to the Murderinos that take showers and bathe themselves. <laughs> Props to you guys. Well done. We, uh, we appreciate that. So we're starting off with some giggles, which is good. Um, so this this section of the podcast is probably going to be a little bit uh, more of a downer than um, than the last forty. Although if you hate wrestling, the last forty five minutes was, I was probably just gonna real say. fucking depressing. <laughs> um, if you've made it through, kudos to you for hanging bravo around. Bravo for sticking through that. Um, Hey, buddy. Um, we're we're doing a podcast. Can you go be a good dog and lay down? Lay down, bud. Why can't you be more like Pharaoh, who's a good stage dog? Anyway, Buster is not carny people. No, he is not a carny. He is not a carny dog. Um. So this this podcast is uh is kind of an outlet for me, and ah uh, hey. Literally, my dog just jumped on my chair and stood behind me, just checking out the scene. I think he senses that Dad is about to say something that uh, is is troubling. He just wants to. He's just there for the emotional support. Uh, so like I said, th- this podcast is is an outlet for me, um, and it's something I definitely enjoy doing. But I also want to be open and honest with people. Um, and I think maybe in, in terms of like my feelings and like being like completely real with people, I don't know that I've necessarily done that on this podcast, at least at least not recently. Um, and so I thought today today would be a good day to, to jump in and, and do that because uh, I, I would say the last few days emotionally for me have been really hard. And I wanted to talk to people about that and, and kind of just be open and, and honest about that. One, so that it's just not in my head anymore. But two, to, you, you've started to hear this a little bit more, especially um, with, with guys and especially some professional athletes have come out and talked about um, their struggles with, with mental illness. And I, I've never been diagnosed with any sort of mental illness. Um, and I'm not saying that I have a mental illness. I'm not whatever. But I do, I do struggle with my feelings. Um, and I struggle with, um, you know, getting sad or getting down or whatever and having days. Um, and in fact, weeks where it's a struggle to, uh, walk out the door, get out of bed, um, and, and do those sort of things. And honestly, the last few days I've, I've had that struggle. Um, 
And so I just kind of wanted to talk about that and be honest and, and open about that and, and kind of have a dialogue. Um, Nikki and I, of course, have, have been together for a long time, and she's seen me go through these struggles and these ups and downs, and I tend to have some pretty high highs and some pretty low lows. Um, even even though generally it seems like I'm fairly even keeled on the outside, um, I kind of am able to uh, to hold the balance outwardly, um, even when the struggle internally is is growing. So, um, yeah, I honestly, as much as I love this podcast, I was trying to figure out different ways to just blow it off. I was like, yeah, I don't really need to do that. Um, no one who really cares. But you know what? This is an outlet and an opportunity for me to to have a voice and talk to people and 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 just be real about things. And I think it's important, especially for for guys, um, to talk about their feelings. And I I was reading a couple articles this morning, and and one of them that hit me is, and you know, at some point I'll let Nikki talk, but um, <laughs> but it's it's the five myths that prevent men from fighting depression. And one is that. The, f- the first one they talk about is that depression equals a weakness. Mm. And, you know, and, and it says right here, it can't be emphasized enough that depression has nothing to do with being personally weak. And I think I know I can say for myself that I feel sometimes like, you know, quit being such a pussy. Just get out. Just get up and go. Um, you know, I think part of the problem is we're especially nowadays and it's not even just political stuff. There's a lot of negative in in, just in the news in general. Um, we've had a lot of stuff here in Houston. It's we've been constantly inundated with, Hey, do you remember a year ago? You had that really bad hurricane where like, you know, your whole city was underwater and and all that sort of stuff. And it's just all this, it, 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 there's a struggle to find joy in the world Mm. If you only listen to certain areas, you can find happiness. Really? Are you are you kidding me right now? But Buster had lots of things to say about that. What the hell, dude? Bust. He's having a goddamn moment. (laughs) Buster is like, our dog is such an asshole. Buster is like, this is not really that important of a subject. Let me just bark for a while. Buster. <laughs> like isn't that Kev Smith? I just is pulled like, my Kev Smith. Shaggy, shaggy, shaggy. Well, can I can I butt in for a little quick? That that gives me yeah, Buster sure. gave me a little in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I found so I think for a long time, and probably it's not anything new that it's really popular to hate things and really popular to just like be negative on things and. There's even, um, there's a podcast, I can't even remember his name, um, but he must be doing well. Like he had some more famous people on it and I tried listening to it, um, in the last couple of days and I couldn't listen to it because it was just like, all it was, was bitching about how everything sucks and how people are shitty and whatever. And like, I was like, you know what? I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Right. Like, I would much rather listen to stuff that people are talking about positivity, that are talking about bettering themselves, talking about real struggles that they're going through instead of ripping other people down for the shit that they're going through or that they're trying to do. Like, screw, like, to me, it's like, 
these people are putting themselves out there and are creating and are whatever. And then to just go back behind them and be snarky and bitchy about it and tearing them down. Like what the hell are you creating? All you're creating is negativity. And so like I've found, and I think at one point I was really able to be into that and I really cannot anymore. I just don't have time for that kind of negativity. I would much rather, much rather listen to somebody who is positive. I would much rather be a positive person um, and not negative and tearing other people down or tearing myself down. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that uh, Donnie and I had talked about prior to recording our podcast was something that we wanted to talk about, which is how social media in some ways has become anti-social media Mm. in terms of people not not being a sense of community. And I think that's one of the things that you found in in your Murderino stuff. And that's uh, is that like, there's a segment of those people that's kind of a community for you. Like it's a group of people that you talk with and and you interact with. And you've also, you've also discovered that within that group itself, there are still some, 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 uh, there's some some crazy, some full blown (laughs) wackaloons. There's some people off um, their meds in there. (laughs) Um, but we all walk around with our, these screens in front of our faces and are constantly, uh, taking in, in um, information and data mm. and we're constantly consuming all of this and, and it can be overwhelming. But I also, I don't know. I, and I, I don't know that like I've had a specific trigger this week. Yeah. All I know is that like, I just am angst ridden. Like I wake up and I haven't been sleeping well and once I like, I can go, sometimes I can go to sleep, especially after I've been up for a while and I'm just actually real, real tired and I'll sleep. But once I'm woken up by like Buster this morning, as I'm, we're recording this here on Monday morning, uh, Buster woke me up at six o'clock this morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. It's like, I'm just awake and freaking out, you know, I'm not freaking out, but like, I just like, like, I just have this overwhelmingly icky feeling about things. And I've tried like, and I don't. And I don't say these things because like I want people to like feel sorry for me or anything like that. I just want to talk about these things because the second we stop talking about things is the second we um, start to really lose who we are. Yeah. And you, that's when you can get really out of control is when you, when you stop talking about things. Um, well, can but, I say I think that this lack of sleep and anxiety perpetuate each other? Yeah. And so like, because I know, was it last week or the week before? I was a ball of anxiety all week. Yeah. Slept like crap. Just like I was maybe getting two or three hours of sleep a night. And so then at work, I'm falling asleep during the day. I'm I'm getting in late because I'm sleeping so crappy and whatever. Like, And those things just perpetuate each other. And it's this vicious cycle that you get into and it's really hard to break yourself out of it. And this, and this brings to the second point of this article, which is a man should be able to control his feelings. Hmm. Um, you know, if you're clinically diagnosed with depression, it's a disorder. Like it's not, it's not anything that's your fault. Um, you know, you can't always control the way that you feel about things. And it can be something that happens around you. It could be something that you don't even notice. Um, you know, you may have a trigger point. You may have something that drives you to to be bummed out. I've 
I've spent hours this week trying to figure out why I feel this way. Um, and honestly, I can't point to a single thing. Honestly, I think I'm just having a bad week and that's okay because we're all allowed to not be perfect. I, I mean, I'm mostly perfect all the time (laughs) and I know that this really, I'm really bringing you guys behind the fourth wall here, lifting the veil on this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay to not be okay. Exactly. And I think one of the things I'm actually super proud of myself is I haven't turned to alcohol this week. Yeah. Um, I'm proud of you for that too. That's one of the things that I tend to do. Um, and I don't, I don't generally use alcohol to cope as much as I do to just kind of, I, no, that's an excuse. I do use it to cope. Um, but I don't, I'm just trying to, to quiet everything down so I can not. Just taking the edge off. Yeah. Which you know, it's not good either. And so that's one of the things that like I've, I've, I I strongly recommend anyone that is interested and has, um, the service audible, which is for audiobooks. but they've also launched, um, some self-help stuff and like some exercise podcasts and, and some stuff. They also released a learning how to meditate podcast is like a 20 day, um, stepping you through like ways to, to learn how to, to meditate. Um, and that's something I've actually turned to this week is, is trying to figure out how to meditate, how to, you know, not be stressed. You know, I have stressors. Um, I, it's a, it's a tight rope to kind of walk cause you don't want to put too much stuff on blast. Like you don't want to say right. something that might get back to other people. And I mean, you know, what are what's what is what are the things that you could say that could really negatively impact your lives? I'm sure you guys can see through the lines and and see what those probably are. And it's not my marriage. So what else <laughs> might it be? But so there's outside stressors, and you know I'm not always great at, at dealing with stress. So using this meditation tool has definitely um, over the last couple of days has helped um, in learning learning ways to cope with things. And ways to try to feel better, um, but you also this and then this leads into third the third point of this article is real men don't ask for help. Mm. That is an absolute fallacy. Yeah, it takes more strength to ask someone for help than it does to sit around and not ask for help. And that's a hard lesson that I've learned in my life. Um, I've had I've had some real struggles, and I mean. I've turned to therapy before. I, I've I've contacted, um, you know, employment services and asked, you know, how do you know how can I be set up with a therapist, someone to talk about what's going on in my life, and just, you know, there are times when things get real dark, and if you don't feel like there's a way out, that's when things get bad, and so you got to know that there's there's help available, there's people in your life that you know most likely would would be more than willing to jump in and help but you got to know that it's important that you use the tools available to you before things get to the point where you don't even recognize that there's a problem right so 
there's also the myth that talking about depression doesn't help. That may be true for some people. Talking about your feelings is not always the path to feeling better. Right. But a lot of times it is. Well, and I think sometimes you have to go through some crap to get to better. So sometimes like initially talking about it isn't going to make you feel better. You're going to feel worse for a little bit. But if you can push through that, as you start to unpack that stuff, then that's when you, it's like the layers of the onion. So then you're getting down and you're, you're taking off one layer at a time and getting, you're taking off some of those things that are just kind of laying out there. And so while you're getting in deeper, it may be hurting more initially, but eventually that clears. And eventually as you know, I don't know. And for different, for different people, it's different, you know, for everybody, it's different. Some people don't want to be talking that way or don't, I, I don't know. But I found a lot of times when I'm going through something really shitty, when I talk to somebody about it, while there's that, oh God, thank, thank God there's, there's that initial release. I'll also feel really bad about it. Right. Or I'll feel like embarrassed that I shared too much or, you know, that I don't really care if people see me weak or whatever, but like, I'll feel like, I don't know, like I overshared and then I'm kind of like embarrassed to be around that person because they know this thing about me or whatever. But I mean, that's me. That's not them putting that on me. Generally, that's me. Yeah. And and one of the people that, and she probably wouldn't even, she wouldn't know that she's helped me. Um, but uh, I know I talk a lot about Ben, Dana, and Giselle, the, the radio show. Dana is a really good friend of mine. I mean, we talk all the time. But his co-host, Giselle, if you follow her on social media, she is one of the most positive and uplifting people that you could ever have in your life. Um, and I'm not a huge Instagram person, but her Twitter and her Instagram – a lot of times it's just fun stuff and her eating food and whatever, but oftentimes she'll stop and be like, Hey, you know, um, she posts these things, um, from a, from another, um, Instagram called made for this life. Like one recently, it just says, repeat after me. I will stop worrying about the things I have no control over. Mm. And I think that is definitely one thing that I really struggle with is focusing on things that I have no ability to control. Yeah. And, I've never really been great at focusing on my own happiness. I tend to take on other people's problems. I tend to worry about other people's problems mm-hmm. more than I worry about my own. Um, and then she also she also posted this um, just the other day. Just a reminder that no one is perfect. At some point, we've all sucked. We've all hurt. We've all been hurt. Said and done things we're not proud of. Wished we would have said, done things we didn't say do made repeated mistakes made bad choices don't be so quick to judge others when they mess up mm-hmm. that's some truth right there so it just you know there are we talk about the negative parts of social media and we talk about the negative people that that are out there but if you surround yourself with positive people you tend to have a more positive outlook on life. Did he just spin that ball with his nose? Did he, he just figure that out? Yeah. Good job, like, buddy. What is this? Why don't you spin that ball some more? <laughs> you really you really know how to crush a moment. 
He I was is- really building like you're like <laughs> you're like the you're like the guy in the Pat Oswalt bit. You're like I was building a moment here, and you just stepped on it. Whatever, but oh, buddy. So basically, this is you know we've kind of just rambled a little bit here, but. My po- I don't want my podcast just to be dick and fart jokes and talking about <laughs> wrestling and, and stuff like that. I'm going to come on if I'm feeling this way. This is how I feel. And I think another thing that social media has done is allowed people to put out a false image of who they really mm-hmm. are. People on social media show you the good shit in their life. If you see someone's Instagram and it's all rainbows and butterflies and happiness, chances are they're only showing you a tiny fraction of what's really happening in their lives because that's not reality for most people. Right. There are a ton of people that are happy and just going through and enjoying life, and that's awesome. That's something we should all strive for. But we also all need to strive for the all need to strive for the happiness within ourselves and not worry about other people seeing you know, whatever else we have going on, because honesty with yourself is is what's most important. So, um, I just want to kind of talk about that and, and put that out to to my audience, and not putting it out there to. This is not a woe is me podcast. That's not what I wanted to, wanted it to be, but it's just an honest look at who I am and how I'm feeling today, right now. I could take a nap and wake up and everything is happy. I actually talking about it for the last 20 minutes and Nikki and I talking about it a little bit uh, last night made it feel better. I'm not holding in all this crap that I have inside of me. I'm, I'm being honest with myself. I am recognizing that there is an issue and not allowing the issue to overtake me on the whole. You know, I'm accepting that there's a problem and realizing that you know not everything is perfect and not everything is great um i don't know what do you have anything else that you want to say because we're, we're this isn't the end of the po- I'm, we're gonna we're gonna find some we'll find some we'll find some giggles before we wrap this shit up so don't worry about that like this i'm not gonna be like eh, that's the end of the podcast so thanks, thanks, thanks for very much for listening we're, we'll have some yucks here at the end but um, I don't know. Do you have anything else you wanted to add, or do you have any questions that you want to ask me? Or, um, well, I would just add this: that I think it's really important to find. But that was sorry, the loudest drink bubbles. of water ever. Sorry about that. <laughs> they say no bubbles, no troubles, but that was bubbles. Uh, troubles are just around the corner. Apparently, I just think it's really important to find ways to cope. Um, and whatever that is for you and like, don't be afraid to try something that's crazy. And am I talking too loud? Okay. Uh, don't be afraid to find something that's crazy that, um, that seems really weird to you, but don't, and maybe this is it. Like, don't be afraid to try something because stepping out and trying something different Maybe what can help you cope with the stressors or the hard things that you have going on in your life. Um, I've learned that really dramatically in this last, I don't know, six months maybe. Um, And part of that, like I finished up my degree in April and going through school was really tough. Um, Ooh, I might cry. Um, Going through school was really hard. It was really hard on us. It was hard on me. Um, 
I'm so glad that it's over. Um, I'm really glad that I was able to stick it out and finish it. I'm thankful to you for helping me finish it, just being so supportive and whatever. But like, it was really hard. And I feel like um, in that time when I was in school, that a lot of, I feel like I lost some of myself again. Um, Like it's kind of a constant battle. I don't know if other people feel this. We're like, sometimes I just feel like I know me. I feel so comfortable in my own skin. I feel so good right now. And then there's times where you're like, I don't know who the hell I am. I don't know anything about myself anymore. And you just kind of stumble and are lost. And some things have helped me um, since then. And part of it has been listening to all these freaking podcasts that I listen to. Um, But I listen to kind of a wide variety of things. I listen to true crime things like My Favorite Murder. I also listen to Terrible Thank You, Terrible Thanks for Asking, which talks about people going through just the shittiest shit of life. And some of them are in a, have come through it and are able to have perspective. Some of them are still so far in it and are still dealing and whatever, but it's a very real look at how you grieve, how you go through horrible things and live your, how you find normal after going through something horrible, you know, whatever. So like all of those things have been very helpful. In addition, so we talked about the murderinos, like I don't have any lifelong friends out of this so far. Um, I, mean, I certainly have met people that I enjoy and maybe they could become lifelong friends, but we don't, we don't know each other well enough yet. But I found people that I can connect with again. And that is a very key thing for me. And so one of the things I've been doing over, um, well, over the last couple of months is I, um, I've started to become active in the um, Houston Murderinos group. And there's also one in Katy, which is right by where we, near where we live. So I've met a ton of people through that. We've done stuff every weekend for the last four weekends with people from them. I have, or you have. Um, and so like, I'm actually getting out and interacting with people instead of coming home from work and sitting in my house all weekend. Um, And then the other thing, and that's critical for me because I'm an extrovert. And so I need interaction with people in order to recoup, to recoup, to get, to get energy. Like that's a key critical thing for me that I've known about myself for a long time. But what happens for me is that I get in this spiral and I get, sad and then I stay in the house I don't want to get on my jammies and I isolate and isolate and isolate and it's this perpetual cycle that just makes me worse and so it's hard for me because I also have some anxiety undiagnosed but certainly have it all the women in my family have it um that it's hard for me to walk into a new place where I don't know anybody and just put myself out there. Once I get in the door, it's fine, but walking in the door is hard. Um, but so anyway, in addition to that, then there's also an app called Meetup where you can just su- kind of put in what your interests are. And then there's all these various groups around town. So in bigger cities, it's all over the country. So in bigger cities, there are the, there's this meetup app that you can go on to and connect with people who have the same sort of interests as you do. So I've gone to a couple of dinners with people from that. They also have things that are really active, like, you know, going hiking or biking or running or, you know, like there's all sorts of groups for all sorts of different whatever your interest may be. Um, mine so far, I'm very interested in eating. <laughs> and so two of them have been about eating. Um, but one, the first dinner was just okay. It was like, eh, it was fine. None of the people were my people. They were perfectly nice people, but not people I would 
probably spent a lot of time with. We didn't have hardly anything in common. Um, but the second meetup was awesome. I haven't connected with any of those people again, except, well, except for one who was a murderer. That's kind of a different thing. But the people from the meetup group, um, we just, we had an awesome, we had an, like two hours of awesome conversation. We talked about things where we had very different opinions, but we're able to come together and talk about those things in a respectful but passionate way with very little judgment. It was great. It was so fun. And I left there like so refreshed and energized. And so those have been very critical things for me. I'm still, I'm always going to struggle with anxiety. Like I was telling you yesterday, like, I now, um, for anybody who follows me on Instagram, I do Insta stories almost every morning before I get in, in my car. All my Insta stories are basically in my car, like 90, 99% of them. And I do those as a way of helping me get in the door to work because I'm very thankful for my job. There are parts of my job that are really challenging for me right now. And I won't go into those specifically, but it's the job itself is fun. It's just, it's, it's a challenge right now. And um, when I hopefully move into something that's more degree related, hopefully some of that stuff will be better. But in any case, it just is what it is for right now. And I'm having to find ways to cope. And one of my ways of doing that is doing Insta stories. I have been so anti-Instagram for forever. Like not anti, but I just like, I didn't get it. It was like, well, I don't understand why people like, what is the benefit of this or whatever. But what I'm really finding the benefit is for me and hardly anybody watches my stories. So <laughs> I mean, who cares? But to me, it's helpful to just kind of like connect out. And if anybody gets those connections, great. And if not, well, I've put it out there and then I can go into work and it helps me get out of the car every morning. And so that's been a coping mechanism. So, but find what those are for you. Put yourself out there, put yourself in risk, not dangerous risky but put yourself in risky situations that you would not normally put yourself in take risks because some of the, sometimes those things can really be beneficial and really help you yeah absolutely and and one of the last things that i want to touch on for this subject and, and then we'll move on and, and close up but one of the things that i hear a lot from people when when they you know talk you know when they meet with me or whatever is and you're so much fun. It must be so easy for you to meet people because you're just like the life of the party. You are fun. I yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But that's not 100% of who I am. Not all of this is easy for me. Like I may walk into a room and it seems like everything is awesome and I'm just, you know, I turn on the switch and everything's cool. But like inside, I'm almost always freaking out. So I can be very fun. And I, when I go and... I mean, last Tuesday, I was hanging out with my friends Chelsea and Marty, and we were doing some things, and <laughs> we, uh, and it was a blast, and it's you know, it, it it was a really good time, but you know, until I get those first couple of drinks in me, it's usually mm. a, a lot of anxiety for me, and and I think for in some ways it's because I feel like I have to bring the party, um, and also. Can I ask you a question about that? Why do you think you need to bring the party? Because you're the big guy? And so, like, you need to no, be no, the no. big I'll gregarious you, guy? No, no, no. I'll tell you exactly why it is. And that's the point I was about to make. Okay, sorry. I want people to like me. Yeah. And I am deathly afraid of people not liking me. And 
I don't know why. I probably because I've been fat all my life, and I'm just hopeful that people will give me a chance. And if I'm fun and happy and smile a lot, there's a better chance that they'll like me. Mm. That's probably what it is. So, yeah. Um, this has been 30 minutes of a little bit of a ramble. Um, but I think helpful to, I know it's been helpful for me. Hopefully it's been helpful for Nikki to get yeah. some of that stuff off her fur chest. Maybe if, maybe one of you out there is listening and you're like, Hey, I r- respond to some of this and this will be the trigger that helps you get out of a funk or seek a new friend or a new challenge or something in your, in your life or in your day. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, trust me. This podcast is going to be much more about comic books, wrestling, and fart jokes than it is about day-to-day depression. But this was honestly, this was how I got out. This is how this podcast gets out today is by deciding that being honest and talking about this stuff um, would be the way to do it as opposed to, hey, I'm not going to do a podcast mm-hmm. because I love doing podcasts. The problem is, not that many people listen to them and it gets to be a struggle when it feels like you're talking to no one and that's okay. Cause I'm just going to keep doing them cause that's, it's what's important to me and it's, it's something that I really like and I, and I enjoy doing. And if no one listens to them, that's awesome too. Just, you just got to keep doing what you love to do. And you know, it's not about how many people show up. It's about doing the thing that you love. So we'll, um, we don't want to end on, I don't want to end on that note. So let's, um, I did put a thing on Facebook, see if anyone would ask questions. I did get one question. It was from Serena. She wants to know why <laughs> we don't come back to Minnesota and why I never visit her. Um, well, that's because I generally don't, um, go to Minnesota. Um, Nikki goes and just yeah, you haven't she goes, been back to Minnesota for like two years. Have you? I haven't been in Minnesota since right before we moved down here. Yeah. Um, that's also because I'm selfish, and when I want to spend my vacation time, I go to Vegas or I go to um, – where did we go? Where did I go last time? I went to Vegas. Yeah. Where else have I gone other than that? We went up to Oregon, but that was – Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I used, I used my vacation time to go see my family in Oregon, and um, yeah. Um, so Nikki's the one that gets to go to Minnesota and have all the fun <laughs> vacations. That's that's Nikki's role in our relationship. Is she gets oh, to go? Oh, Vegas and, wasn't fun. She gets to go and have all the vacations, and I stay home and take care of the dog. That's that's just how this our is this is how, this right is here. this is revisionist history, but it's also truth. <laughs> we count the number of trips that Nikki has been on versus the number of trips that I've been on. Oh Nikki my god, is the leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> I'm not saying that's that's not all by choice. But I'm not also saying that it's not all her fault. <laughs> one one last thing before before we wrap up here. Um, so I was on uh, my friend Rod's podcast uh, when he brought uh, back his second season of The Stark Contrast. Um, and he asked a question about, um, uh, about bucket lists. And I was just curious hmm. what you have on your bucket list right now. And like... Not like if I had a billion dollars bucket list, right. but like, do you have a realistic couple of bucket list things that you're interested in doing right now? Sure. Um, okay. What the fuck are they? Whoa. Don't you know how to do a podcast? You don't just say yes. Yes. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> I do have them. 
<laughs> no, no. The response was, "We'll learn how to ask a better question, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you there would be yucks by the end of this thing. Um, okay, so the first one has been on a bucket list thing for a very long time, and that is going to Europe. Mm, okay. I'm going to all of the places in Europe, really. So it's going to involve multiple trips, really. It's a multiple bucket list thing, but like I, I want to go to, um, I want to go to Scotland because I read Outlander and um, want to go to Scotland. <laughs> And those of you who have read Outlander or watched the show understand. Um, uh, I want to um, I want to go to Paris. I want to go to a bunch of different places in Italy. I, I really just want to see all of Europe really, really, really bad. Um, it's going to take what would be ideal. What would have been ideal is in my 20s if I would have done the backpass across, backpack across Europe, stay in hostels trip that I wanted to do. Um, cause now when I do it, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a prissy bitch now. So like I want a nice hotel. I want, <laughs> yeah, we're not hostels kind of people. <laughs> no, I don't want to stay in a room I'm, with I'm, other people. I'm a very much an uncle Tony, <laughs> uh, uncle Tony, two bathrobe situation, hotel kind of guy. <laughs> I like a nice hotel. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's going to be a little bit less affordable now for me to do it than it would have been when I was young and didn't give a crap so much about that and could sleep on an uncomfortable mattress and be fine. Um, but yeah, so that is by far my biggest one. Absolutely by far. Um, the next thing I, this is going to be really dumb. (laughs) There's kind of two. I want a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) What? I want a turtle. I love turtles. I want a turtle. For like five minutes, you're going to want a turtle. I know. It's been a long time. Okay. And I want another dog. All right. Those are my bigger, like, and I mean, there's most of my bucket lists are either animal related or traveling related. So yeah, those would be my, my top ones. All right. Well, look out for uh, the the uh, next time when we podcast and Nikki is owner of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> You know what I'm going to get you for your birthday? I am going to get you a turtle, but it's going to be like a Teenage Mutant Ninja no, Turtle. No, I want a real turtle. Those want, are real turtles, I God want a red-haired it. slider. I could... <laughs> I'm going to... There's such a bad joke in there somewhere. That Stop just... it. That's what she said. Anyway. Um... So what are your bucket list things? Well... I would recommend going and listening to Rod's podcast, The Stark Contrast, and you can hear all about my bucket list items. Oh, okay. I actually, I, I haven't listened to that yet, so I do need to listen what? to it. You're my goodly wife. You're supposed to listen to everything I do. <laughs> Your goodly wife. What the hell is that? <laughs> You're such a dumbass. <laughs> well... Now you see why I'm depressed. Just you see, I'm just called a dumbass. We've been a lovely, a lovely forty minute conversation that ends with laughing at me and calling me a dumbass. Yeah, that's about right. So on that note, I guess we'll uh, wrap up this uh, edition of Just Another White Guys podcast. Anything else you want to plug? Hey, since uh, you're all Instagrammy now, you want to plug your Instagram? Skenzie Jones. Spell that for people because no one knows how to spell that crap. S-K-E-N-Z-I Jones. Skenzie Jones. 
Well, you can go follow Nikki on Instagram and double her uh, story watcher list. <laughs> so she feels... So she I'll, feels Just so one she, of you. Need so, me double. So she feels better. <laughs> so she feels better about all the content that she is generating. <laughs> the way you talked on those things, I assumed people were watching them. No. No. I, no. I mean... I've got like six regulars <laughs> and some creepy guys. Who I don't there follow. are strippers that can make a living off of six regulars. That's true. There's some creepy guys. Would you too, like, like me to introduce. <laughs> no, I'm good. There's, there's some creepy, like I get some creepy men trying to follow me every once in a while. And like some of them I've just said, yeah, well for a while my account was public. And so then I changed it. So it's private. So at least I have to approve people mm. when they try to follow me. And like, then they try to private message me or whatever. And I was like, yeah, no, no. Well, you know what you need Ishy. to do? You need to be like, um, yes, but it's for money. Uh, <laughs> give them your Amazon wish list to say like, hey, if you want to be a part of my Instagram story, I need you to buy some things off of it. Oh, that's so gross. It's just the way of the world. Yeah. Mm, I'm good. Thanks. All right. Let's wrap it up. That's, uh, that's it for this Labor Day holiday weekend edition of just another white guys podcast i hope that uh, you enjoyed the 40 minutes of wrestling conversation and the 40 minutes of depression talk <laughs> this is uh what you can expect from this uh fine podcast as we tickle your ear holes <laughs> with our lovely talking stuff anyway hope uh hope you follow along you can follow me on uh twitter it's at dustin p jones follow the show twitter at jogpod you can subscribe to this show now on iTunes. Just search JogPod. You can subscribe. It'll download them right to your phone as soon as they're available. I thank everyone for your listens and your support. And in all honesty and all truth, I love all of you guys. Take care of yourselves. We'll take care of each other. That's it for this week on Just Another Why Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five hole. Too much. Oh, it hurt. Oh, too much. Too much. Oh, it's too big. It was too much.